Psalm 34, verse 1. I know when I say it, it sounds self-serving because I'm a part of it, but I want to give honor to a worship team that it, it doesn't just happen. But there's an hour of practice every Sunday before service. There's practice time that goes in outside of service. And there's, there's a, a striving for something, uh, something more than talent. And I'm thankful for a God that takes us beyond our talent and beyond our abilities. And the anointing steps in and takes over. And God just flows in this place. Amen. Amen. Psalm 34 and verse 1. Everybody go ahead and take a real deep breath. I don't intend to preach all that long today. Unless you sit down on me. And we'll preach until. Until I either pass out or until God moves somebody. I'm not sure which of those will come first. So our best bet is just to make up in your mind, I'm going to preach with the preacher. Go ahead and slap your neighbor and tell him, you better preach with the preacher. If you are a guest in this house, I am so thankful to have you here with us. If you are wondering what in the world the guy in the black suit is shouting about and dancing about. Number one, I assure you, it is all completely biblical. The Bible tells us many times we can dance, we can shout, we can run, we can clap our hands, we can lift our hands, we can shout with a voice of triumph. And my God's just been so good to me, I refuse to be quiet about it. You know, if you found the best new restaurant in Watertown, South Dakota, and they made just incredible Tex-Mex, and there was brisket tacos with the best queso you've ever tasted, and the guacamole was just out of this world, I guarantee you, you wouldn't be quiet about it. I mean, if you were, then you're kind of a jerk, and the rest of us need to know about this place so we can keep it in business, but you wouldn't be quiet about it. If you got a deal on your car insurance, and they said, hey, you send any friends my way, and I'll give you 10% off the next month, what would you be doing? You'd be telling everybody about your new car insurance. Man, I got an incredible deal when Jesus shed his blood for me. I got the best deal that's ever been made. It's the most lopsided trade in all of history. He took, he took all of my sins and he gave me freedom. I can't, I can't give him anything. What, what do you want, Lord? He just, he just wants my life, and he wants my praise. And so I'm going to give it to him every moment, every chance I get. I get excited about getting to praise the Lord. So we're going to praise him today. Psalm 34 and 1. It's a declaration. It is a decision that is made in the, in the ear of the writer. I've started my timer. Here we go. I will bless the Lord at all times. It's a declaration. 
It is a statement that you need to bake into the fabric of your life. It needs to be woven through every scenario and every circumstance. I will bless the Lord at all times. Not just when I feel like it, but even when I don't. Not when my bank account is full, but even when it's empty. Not when gas is $1.40 a gallon and the right guy is president. Or when it's $5 a gallon and I don't care what political party you're part of. I will praise and bless the Lord at all times. Uh, His praise shall continually be in my mouth, my bowl, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Why don't we pause right now just for a second and do that together uh, with one voice all across this house. Uh, let there be a sound of exaltation uh, about the name of Jesus for that name is great and greatly to be praised there is no name like the name of Jesus I sought the Lord and he heard me I went looking for him And he wasn't far off. He wasn't distant. Let me reassure somebody today. If you're looking for Jesus, you can find him in this house today. He heard me. And not only did he hear me, but he delivered me from all of my fears. Not half of them. Not some of them. He didn't bring me into his family so that I could have a spirit of fear. No, no. But it was power and love and a sound mind. They looked upon him and were lightened. Their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. I want you to know, I want you to understand you might not see him with your earthly eyes, uh, but scripture has promised that there will be angels of the Lord camping round about you and your family if you will live in the fear of God. And he finishes this passage with this, O taste and see That the Lord is good and blessed is the man that trusteth in him. I've come today with more excitement than one body can probably withhold to preach. A taste is enough. Let's pray one more time. God, thank you for this wonderful church. I thank you for these saints that are sold out that desire you, that are consecrated, that are hungry. I pray that every distraction would be cast aside. I pray that every mind would be focused, every heart would be open to the Spirit of God in this place. Lord, I invite you to do whatever you want to do. If you want to interrupt our schedule and our day, that is your prerogative. I pray you would add an anointing to your already blessed word, God. Anoint my lips to communicate what you've given. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There are some tastes you just don't forget. I once tried this pH balancing protein shake thing that I was recommended by a highly educated individual. And it was promising to do all sorts of incredible 
things for my body. And I read the label and I thought, you know, chickpea protein and and all of these things. I, there may have been crickets. I don't know. Uh, there were no crickets. It was vegan. But all I know is it was supposed to be really good for me. And I took a drink of it and realized very quickly I was not getting eight ounces of this shake down every day. Not every other day. Not one time a week. It was just not going to happen. In fact, as I stand in this pulpit right now, I, I kid you not, I, as, as pastor uh, or bishop used to say all the time, quoting Jesus, I trow not. I can taste it right now. It is so strongly imprinted in my memory and I can taste. There are other things in my life. The taste of a cooked carrot. I'm not a picky eater. I love carrots. I love carrots fresh out of the ground. You just rub a little dirt off of them. You just leave the dirt on them. Just eat the carrot fresh out of the ground. A carrot does not improve by being stewed. It doesn't happen. It's better raw. It's better. And the taste of a cooked carrot, it's just, it's, it's revolting to me. And I can, I can almost gag at the taste of a cooked carrot. Like smell, taste is powerfully tied to your memories. You taste something you haven't had in a while, and it takes you back. I cracked open this, this, this grape-flavored, natural, healthy soda, and it tasted just like a Welch's. Is it a Welch's? One of those Welch's grape sodas. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you're not going after Coke, then grape is like the next best flavor of soda. And so I, I cracked it open, I drank it down, and I was like, oh, man, childhood came rushing back. Those 25-cent Shasta cans that everybody's family had and we were allowed one per week on the back porch. Man, it came rushing back to me in that moment. Did everybody have pop like every day? All right, good. My mom wasn't lying then. She was telling the truth. Everybody doesn't get to drink pop all they want. Obviously, taste is a large part personal preference. Uh, Some people just don't like their steak medium rare and I can't figure it out. Amen. Amen. It is the the confluence of juiciness and tenderness. The flavor at medium rare is is the best point. I'm getting some head nods in this place. There are those that like their beef to be well done. I grew up thinking I didn't like beef because I'd only eaten it well done. and, And it always needed just a river of brown gravy over. Look, if your steak needs something on it, it's time to taste better beef. Two weeks ago, the Lord laid something on my heart. And I tell you what, my puppy thought I was crazy downstairs in the basement because I was just getting after it in my devotional prayer time. And he told me when to preach it. And I wanted to preach it last Sunday, but he wouldn't let me. And I wanted to preach it on Wednesday, but he wouldn't let me. You've heard this verse the last two Sundays, though, because I couldn't stop it. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. I want to help convince somebody of that today, that all things do indeed work together for the good. That means everything. You research out that Greek word all, it means Every last one of them is going to work out for your good. 
Now, I'm aware that there's often spiritual pushback in the atmosphere when somebody begins to preach the love of God. And when the mercy of God is proclaimed, a lot of times there are atmospheres and attitudes that begin to resist and say, no, no, it it can't be that simple. It can't be that easy. You don't understand, preacher. God, he doesn't he doesn't love me like that. And God's mercy. No, no, I'm here to declare today in the Holy Ghost that my God is a good God. So the eyes of my spirit are open today. And I take authority in this atmosphere right now. And by the power of the Holy Ghost, there will be a mind persuaded today. When you leave this house, you will leave with an understanding that God is a good God. And that everything that He is doing in your life, it will work out for your good. The events of this week brought it deeper into my psyche. And I'm so convinced of it. I I share this personal story, not for pity, but only to demonstrate. Many of you are aware already, but on Thursday night, we had that crazy storm come through town. My wife was working at Walmart and I had just sat down to supper with my three little children at our dining room table and we're eating our meal or mostly eating our meal. We're working on, on that. And The cell phone keeps buzzing that there's a severe thunderstorm warning, which it's South Dakota. Who cares? It's a severe thunderstorm warning. We we do this all the time. It's either a blizzard or a thunderstorm or mosquitoes. And that's just that's our lot in life. But it's a little bit different when the tornado siren starts going off and your phone starts buzzing a tornado warning. By the way, if you did not know, when your phone says tornado warning, it means that there is actively a tornado that has been sighted. It, it is in process. A tornado watch means that the, the conditions are there which could produce tornadoes, okay? So watch means you finish your food while it's still hot. Warning means that that rotating mass of clouds outside your window, you go down into the basement. And so I get the older two kids downstairs, and they are already uh, beginning to work themselves up into a lather. And they are, they're, they're increasing their, their, their volume, and they're screaming and scared. And I, I carry their food downstairs, and I promptly knock over this collection of plants that my wife has. And so now there's dirt skewed all over the basement floor. And now my, my children are screaming. The dogs are freaking out because I'm raising my voice to be heard over the kids. And I realize I still got a kid upstairs. So I head back upstairs, and there's my youngest contentedly. Being a good girl and eating, she's quietly sitting at the table in her booster seat strapped to the dining room chair, eating her food all by herself. And I I look at her and I think, you know, I should probably get her downstairs. And I start to unbuckle and something just says, no, carry the whole chair. And so I pick up the whole dining room chair and she's like, what is going on? But she's still eating. She's going through all of her food. And as we head down through the living room and down the stairs into the entryway, the wind outside picks up our deck table and throws it into our deck window. The window shatters, and I I see the whole thing shatter, and I think, oh, no, please, no, hold. And for a split second, it holds. But then that wind that tore the roof off of an airplane hangar just a half mile from my house and knocked over 12 trees at the city park campground, that wind busted out the deck window and the entire upstairs portion of our house just glass shot through the whole house 
And I thought, you know, it's a good time to go downstairs. There's shingles ripped off the south side of my house. And, and the storm finally assuages. I've got the three kids in the bathroom. I've got the two dogs downstairs. My two oldest, I'm trying to get them to read books, but they're just freaking out. My youngest is sitting in the bathroom eating. She finished her meal. She started on a, on a juice. She ate some crackers. She just kept going, man. It was, it was absolutely incredible. But the storm left and people came to help and families and individuals from all over this church showed up. But as I mean, they helped sweep up the glass, they helped tarp my roof and they they came back the next day to help screw down the tarps because it's South Dakota and we deal with wind constantly. But as as everybody began to leave, something just came over me and I I grabbed my wife and I grabbed my kids and right there in the entryway of our home, we lifted our hands and we lifted our voices uh, and we prayed. Why? Because God is good. It's just minor damage. It, it, it's just a house. It's just a house. I slept in my own bed. I was warm. I was comfortable. All my kids and my wife were safe. I still had a roof. I'm missing some shingles. Maybe some rain in this next thunderstorm gets through. But I still got a roof over my head. Uh, and even if I didn't, uh, it's just a house. And my God is still good. Uh, my God is still faithful. See, I'm determined to live so convinced of his goodness that nothing else in this world matters. Uh, you see, I might lose this home, but I've got a heavenly home that's waiting for me on the other side. Uh, I say my God uh, is good. Uh, and in that heavenly home, uh, I'm going to see him on his throne. Uh, my God uh, is a good God. Uh, I've been washed clean of every sin uh, in my life. Uh, the weight of shame and guilt has been lifted off of me and I don't carry it anymore. My God uh, is a good God. Uh, you can't tell me uh, he's not a good God. Uh, why? Because I've already tasted. Uh, I've already tasted uh, of his goodness. Uh, and one taste was enough. Uh, one taste uh, of the goodness of God uh, was enough to convince me uh, he's good. Uh, he's good. Uh, he's good. Uh, whether I feel like it uh, or whether I don't, uh, God uh, is good. And so I rise to declare the words of the psalmist today in Psalm 119 and verse 68. Uh, when he boldly proclaims, thou art good and thou doest good. Uh, goodness is inextricably part of his nature. And just one taste of the goodness of God. Uh, it will be sweeter than anything you've ever put in your mouth. Uh, there are foods that I am trying to recreate uh, off of one taste that I've never perfected yet. Uh, but one taste of God uh, was all it took. Uh, I've never been able to forget uh, of the goodness. Uh, even when I was prodigal and running. Uh, even when I was putting things into my body. Body, uh, and trying to alter my mind. Uh, it was the goodness of God uh, that led me back to him. Uh, it was the goodness of God uh, when I was drunk uh, and throwing up on myself. Uh, when I was smoking a joint, uh, it was still the goodness uh, of God that was pulling me to him. Let's praise the Lord in this house right now.
It's such a part of his nature. It's such a part of who he is. In Exodus chapter 33 and verse 18, Moses says, uh, God, I beg you, show me your glory. I want to see your glory, God. And I'm thankful for the glory of God that descends in this house. I'm, I'm thankful for the goodness of God that rests in this place. And God says back to him in response to God, show me your glory. God says, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And so in the next chapter, when Moses is hidden in the cleft of a rock, he's on a extended fast back to back. He's being sustained by God uh, and God miraculously descends in the cloud and stands there with him and proclaims the name of the Lord. Uh, and this is what he says, the Lord. The Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. Uh, I've come to challenge somebody today. Get rid uh, of this mindset you've been walking around with uh, that your heavenly father is just waiting in heaven. Uh, He's got a lightning bolt with your name on it waiting for you to slip up. Uh, That's a lie from hell. Uh, That's not his nature. Uh, His nature is to be gracious. Uh, His nature is to show mercy. Uh, His nature is to be long suffering. Uh, His nature is to give you goodness. Uh, He's not waiting Waiting for you to mess up uh, just so he can knock you down uh, and point at you and laugh at you. Uh, But he's a good father uh, and he wants to give you good gifts. Romans chapter 2 and verse 4 says this. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. It's not the judgment of God that leads you to repentance. It's not hellfire preaching that leads you to repentance, though it might stir something inside of you. It's not a worship team that's going to lead you to repentance. It is and always has been the grace of God and the goodness of God reaching for every man, woman, and child, not only under the sound of my voice, but all across this world. Don't you ever say they don't want what you have because the goodness of God wants to give them what you've got. The goodness of God wants to reveal to them the same thing he's revealed to you. But he goes on and says, but after that the heart, thy hardness and impenitent heart treasurest up against thyself or unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Who will render to every man according to his deeds. To them who by patient continuance and well doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath. He's going to give tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. But glory and honor and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. For there is no respect of persons with God. Paul writes in Romans chapter 11 and verse 22, he says, Behold, therefore, the goodness and the severity of God on them which fell severity. 
but toward thee goodness, if you'll continue in his goodness, otherwise thou shalt also be cut off. There is a goodness of God in this house today. And it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And repentance is the gateway. Repentance will open the floodgates of his goodness. Repentance and aligning with his will will open every blessing of scripture to you. It will open the door to you. But those who refuse to obey and those uh, that refuse the goodness of God that's drawing them to that place of repentance, the only thing left for them will be the severity of God. Now, not everything that is good, feels good, or tastes good in that moment. I'm a father, so I know what it's like to make a child take medicine that tastes disgusting, but it's good for them. I know what it's like to make them eat something they think is going to kill them, but it's good for them. Anybody know what I'm talking about in the house today? I know what it's like to make kids go to bed at a decent time, even when they're fussing and screaming and, and not wanting to go to bed. Why? Because there's church tomorrow and it's good for you to get a good night's sleep. See, if we can trust parents to look out for their kids and do what's best for them, why can't we trust God to do what's best for us and to provide what's best for us? How come when God starts doing something in my life that I don't like, uh, I have instead of the faith of a child, I've got the whininess of a child like, ah, God, ah, how, how come when God for the very first time says, Jared, eat your broccoli, I, I throw back, I don't like broccoli, God. See, God loves me so much. He wants to spend eternity with me. Forget the rest of you. It ain't about you for a moment. It's about me. God loves me so much that he wants to spend all of eternity with me. And I believe God is that big and has that much consciousness uh, that a large portion of eternity is just going to be me and him. It's just going to be me hanging out with my heavenly daddy uh, and I can't wait. Uh, but that's the kind of God that I serve. You can serve an angry God with a lightning bolt all you want, uh, but I serve a loving father uh, who wants to give me good gifts. You see, there's no evil in God. I'm, I, I'm, I'm human. And I wish I could say every motive for my kids was pure and I don't ever get angry. I don't ever get upset. But that would not be true. But God, there's no evil in God. Everything he does in your life has a pure motive. And everything he does in your life is covered by his love. If he corrects, it's because you need correction. And it's because he's good enough to correct you because he wants to spend eternity with you. If he allows disaster to strike or losses to come, it's because he trusts you. Uh, think of Job. The devil says, oh man, if you pull this out, uh, he's going he's gonna to curse you. Uh, but Job never turned. Why would God allow all that to come? Because he trusted his servant with disaster. He trusts me. And he sees the end.
from the beginning. If he allows hard times to come, it's because he's trying to form something down inside of me that is going to ultimately be for my good. And so I just want somebody to be convinced again. All things in your life will work out to the good to them that love him, but it's according to his purpose. That means it ain't always going to be how you planned it. It's not always going to be how you wanted it to be, but it will be good in the end if you'll allow God and you'll stay repentant and you'll follow after him. God has promised to bring it to good. I know and I'm not belittling. You might be going through it right now. You might be going through a painful circumstance in your body, but I encourage you to trust the Lord because he is going to work it out for your good. You might be in a financial hardship right now. Uh, Maybe you're about to lose your car or your house. uh, But if you're not in sin uh, and you're following after God, uh, then trust that God uh, is going to work it out for your good. Uh, Maybe somebody backstabbed you. Somebody's lying on you. Somebody's cheating you and trying to hurt you. But just remember what Joseph said uh, to his brothers. What you meant for evil, uh, God allowed to come along uh, for good. Uh, I just want somebody to plant it down inside of your spirit. God is good and everything he's doing is going to work out for my good. Psalm 119 and 67 says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. You want to know why hard times come? Because sometimes his people were really bad at living for God when everything's a bed of roses. And it takes hard times and affliction to get us to focus our eyes back on him. Oh, come on, that went over well. See, sometimes when everything's going our way and everything's good... In our prosperity, we forget God and think somehow we get we get arrogant, we get cocky, and we think, I did this, I got this all together. But when a hard time comes in our life, uh, and we find ourselves on our knees with a bloody nose uh, and an empty bank account, then we remember and then we realize, no, 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 uh, it was God all along. Uh, you see, before I was afflicted, I went astray. Uh, but Psalms also says in Psalm 34 and verse 19, uh, many are are the afflictions of the righteous. Uh, You ain't the only one going through trouble or hard time. Uh, You can be righteous, but you're going to have afflictions. But the Lord uh, delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth his bones. Not a one of all of them is broken. Uh, Evil will slay the wicked, uh, and they that hate the righteous will be desolate. But uh, the Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, uh, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Why? Because my God is good. Uh, Every affliction I've ever been in, every hard time I've ever been in, uh, every trial and every struggle, every moment uh, where it didn't feel good, uh, it was for good. Uh, It didn't feel right, uh, but it was for my good. And God uh, was developing something. God was growing something. God was raising up inside of me something that was good for me. So I've come to tell somebody today, eat your broccoli because it's good for you. 
Stop begging to get out of your trial and just praise him in your trial. Stop begging to get out of the circumstance and say, God, you're good. Uh, maybe, maybe you can't even lift your hands because it hurts so bad. Uh, maybe you can't run the aisles right now because he hasn't healed you yet. Maybe he never heals you. If he never heals you, I submit to you, he's still good. Uh, he is still faithful. Uh, if you live broke all your days, uh, maybe it's because there's a God that realizes if he ever blessed you financially, you'd walk out on him. Uh, and so in his goodness, he leaves you broke uh, because he wants you in eternity. Uh, Maybe there's a God that understands if you had a whole body, uh, he wouldn't have your attention. Uh, And so he leaves you with a thorn in your flesh uh, so that you can understand how desperately you need him. Uh, I don't know uh, all the reasons, uh, but I don't have to know. Uh, I don't have to understand. Uh, I'm going to trust him like a child because he's good, uh, because uh, he's faithful, uh, because uh, he loves me. As the musicians get ready to come right now, those that have already spoken to Psalm chapter 23 and verse 7 or 27 and verse 13 says, I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I say it right now, don't you dare give up. You're going to see His goodness. You're going to see His mercy on display. Because if it ain't good, then it ain't over. If it hasn't become good yet in your life, then He's not done working. If the circumstance hasn't resolved out to your good, then my God still has His hands on it. If there's still an imperfection in the clay, then stay on the wheel. Because the potter ain't quite done yet. Uh, But before that trumpet sounds uh, and before everything wraps up, uh, there's going to be a moment in time, I believe with all my heart, uh, where you're going to come to the realization, no, uh, he was right. He is good. When you don't understand the why, I want you to console yourself with the who. Stop asking why and just start saying who. The I am is good. So just trust in him. Stop asking why and just start saying, I know who I serve. Uh, he's a good God. I don't know why they're, they're resisting God so much, uh, but as for me, uh, he's a good God. Uh, I don't know why I have to go through this, uh, but he's good. Uh, I don't know why I'm living in pain, uh, but he's good and I trust him. Uh, ah, Ah, let's lift our hands in this place right now. Let's lift our hands all across this house. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Uh, Come on, somebody that's convinced of his goodness. Uh, Why don't you let it out of your mouth? Uh, I'm almost done. Somebody that's convinced of his goodness. Uh, Let a sound come out of your mouth. Uh, A sound of praise uh, and a sound of joy. Uh, Stop asking him why uh, and just start praising. Uh, Stop asking him how uh, and just start praising. Uh, Stop asking him yet. If you'll allow me, if you'll allow me a common portion of scripture, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. The only way you think the shepherd ain't good is if he ain't leading you. 
But if you'll grab a hold and let him lead you and you'll just say, hey, uh, wherever we're going, dad, that's where we're going. Uh, I want my hand in yours. Uh, you take me where you want me to go. Uh, he leadeth me beside the still waters. Uh, he restoreth my soul. Uh, he leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Uh, it's not for my name. Uh, it's not for my glory. Uh, but in my life, his goodness will show. Uh, there'll be a testimony of God's power uh, in me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, ain't one of us choosing to go through the valley of the shadow of death by ourselves. Uh, but when I'm hand in hand uh, with my daddy, uh, even though I'm afraid, uh, I know that it's for my good. Uh, and he's leading me through the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, and when I'm with God, uh, I will fear no evil. Uh, for thou art with me, thy rod uh, and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me. In the presence of mine enemy. Uh, thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Ready? Surely. Goodness and mercy. Will follow me. All the days of my life. Uh, and I will dwell. In the house of the Lord. Forever. There's that word again. All days means every day. Even on Monday morning when you don't want to crawl out of bed. Because for whatever reason, that depression seems like it's trying to creep back in. I say to you on Monday morning, he's still good. And his mercy and his goodness will follow you. He's still good and he's still faithful. Let's all stand across this place right now. Psalm 68 and 19 says this, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. You will never know the scope of God's goodness until we cross through a pearly gate and stand on streets of gold. You're never going to know how good He was to you until you cross over the other side. And this 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 mortality puts on immortality. This this flesh is done away with and we receive a glorified body. You're never going to know. So I read one final portion of scripture. And there's a celebration that's fixing to break out in this house. Why? Because he's good. Yeah. And look, I don't belittle what you're going through. I, I, I don't make a mockery of it. I don't make light of it. You're going through a real circumstance. But he's good. He's good. And if you're living for him, he's going to be good. And it's going to work out for your good.